Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. I'm wondering what happens if you miss an audible. You know what I mean by an audible, like an audible in football? That's when the team comes up to the line of scrimmage on the offense, the quarterback is looking out over the defense, and if the quarterback doesn't like what they see, they're going to change the play and do something else. That's an audible. And Today, during the Super Bowl, if you watch, you may hear some of these audible calls, and some of them sound absolutely ridiculous because they're trying not to let the other team know what they're doing. And so you might hear things like Lava Range or Purple Walrus. You might hear Ric Flair or Elvis or Tupac. Peyton Manning may have been the king of these kinds of antics and audibles. You know, he would get up there and Shout out things like Short Ox or Sally from Buffalo or, of course, the ever-present Omaha, which still no one knows what Omaha actually means. But what happens if one of the players misses an audible? Well, then they run the play, and you've got some players going this way, some players going that way, some running the original, some running the new play. It's total chaos. And I wonder, what if we're missing some audibles in our lives. That's what we're talking about this morning in the last message of our sermon series that we've been in for a little bit now called Certain in the Uncertainty, The Nature of Faith, where this sermon series comes to us mostly out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, where the writer says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so we're finding that As we explore faith, we're exploring the nature of the thing that actually unlocks certainty for us in a world and in lives that are inevitably uncertain. And we've been learning about faith through the life of a man named Abraham, at least part of his life, as we find it in the book of Genesis, chapters 18 through 22. And this morning we're in chapter 22, and we are considering how faith is like hearing and responding to audibles, and how that will lead us into more certainty. And so let's read together from Genesis chapter 22. If you'd like, you can follow along on the screens, but let us hear God's word for us this morning. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. 
As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him there on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, and to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And let us pray as we move into this word together. Heavenly Father, as we are here in this place, help us to not just be physically here. Help us to be fully here. Fully present to what you want to say, to what you want to do, so that we can hear from you and we can respond with faith. May you grow our trust and our faith in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, right from the beginning, I just want to acknowledge that this is probably one of the hardest, one of the craziest, one of the most challengingest. I just made up a word. This is, what, this is a hard passage in the Bible. And it's hard for a lot of reasons, but it begins with telling us that God tested Abraham. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm uncomfortable with a God who will test. Why would God do that? You know, I, I don't really like tests. I don't know about you. Do you like tests? I, mean, I don't think we really like tests all that much. But as I was thinking about it more and more, I'm wondering if it's, is the problem really with tests? Because don't you kind of like a test that you know you're going to do well on? Because it gives you that opportunity to feel pretty good about yourself, to accomplish something, to kind of show off a little bit. And so maybe it's not that we don't like tests. Maybe it's that we don't like failing. We don't like to be found lacking. We don't like to be embarrassed. And tests can often make that happen. But tests can also be helpful, can't they? 
I actually know some folks in our church community that are going for medical tests this week, and even if medical tests find that there's something wrong, there's some sort of failure that shows up, that's a gift because that's the first necessary step on a path toward healing. Even school tests can be helpful. (laughs) They can. Just think about it. If you fail a math test, that could be so helpful for you to know, okay, what areas do I need to study more in? Or maybe it's just helpful to give a general focus to your studies, like you should go do English. Or maybe you rise to the occasion, you do well on the test, and you're like, okay, well, maybe I should become an engineer. Look how well it worked for me. You see, tests, tests reveal something to us, don't they? And in this test, God is revealing something that is happening, something that is within Abraham that is helpful to know. But even if the test is helpful to reveal, it's still a hard story, isn't it? Because the stakes are so high. How could God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? How could he do that? I think part of it is it gets to what this test is really about. It's the heart of the test, which is really Abraham's heart. It's about Abraham's love. It's about Abraham's faith. How else would Abraham prove that he loves God and he trusts God more than anyone or anything unless he was actually put to a test that demanded that he love God above all else? And that's what's happening. <clears throat> this test requiring his total trust, his total love, because this is his son, his only son. Now, if you were with us last week, you heard about how Abraham also had another son. So this is kind of a weird thing to say. Last week, Abraham had to send his first son, Ishmael, away. That's because Ishmael was not God's promised son, but Ishmael was the son of Abraham's doubt the son of Abraham's fear, the son of Abraham's attempts to get control over his life and over God. And God had incredible plans to bless the world through Abraham's son, but not through that son, through the promised son, through Isaac, through this very son that in this story we read today is the son God is asking Abraham to sacrifice. The one that Abraham had cleared house, literally, so that Isaac would be his only son and the son that he loves. Isaac is the dearest person in the world to Abraham. And God knows that. God knows that Isaac is the most important thing to him. And so this is a test about the depth of Abraham's heart, his love, his allegiance, his faith. And here's the thing. God knows the things that we hold dearest to. Sometimes we don't even really know. Like, if you were to start to write down a list of, okay, what are the most important things to you in life, highly likely that most of us would put God at the top. But if we started to peel back the layers of our lives, if we started to really look at it, do I live like God is the most important thing in my life? If someone followed you around for the next week, would their conclusion about your life be that the most important thing to you is God? Not sure that would always be the case in my life. That's what this test is about. And see, God knows that if the things that we hold most dearly, that are most important to us, are not God, it is going to lead us to all sorts of uncertainty. Because all those other things will come and go. 
If success and accomplishments are the most important thing to us, the reality is accomplishments come and go, don't they? And you may ace the test today and feel great today, but there's another test coming. And you better rise to that occasion as well, and you better keep accomplishing, keep succeeding to continue to feel good. We know that jobs come and go. We know that the reality is looks and beauty come and go as we age. So do our physical abilities and our strength. Our talents come and go. Even friends come and go in our lives. At the end of the day, even our family comes and goes. If nothing else, we are all separated by death. And God is asking Abraham, do you love me most of all? Do you value me more than all of these other things that will lead you to uncertainty, even more than your son Isaac? <laughs> what we see in the story is amazing, isn't it? It's a clear and resounding yes from Abraham. And not only is it a yes, it's like we marvel because every step along the way, it seems like he is so calm, he is so certain when this story has this giant cloud of uncertainty hanging over the top of it, doesn't it? And we marvel because he rises to the test and, and is not found lacking in a way that we're sure that we will be found lacking if that were us. How could Abraham come to this place to have this kind of faith, this kind of certainty? I want to suggest to us this morning that his faith developed one moment at a time. He didn't wake up that morning having had no faith and then suddenly, woo, mature faith, no problem, God, whatever you ask. It happened one moment at a time, which is such great news for all of us, isn't it? Because what it means is no matter where you are on your faith journey, if you've been walking with Jesus for more years than you can remember or even count, or if you're a relatively new follower of Jesus, or if you have not put your faith in Jesus yet, <laughs> what it tells us is that the kind of faith, the certain kind of faith that Abraham demonstrates can grow within us, and it can grow one moment at a time. What we see in today's story is a mature faith, the result of all of these moments, but if we think back over even just the weeks of this sermon series, what we saw in Abraham's life were these ups and these downs, these peaks and valleys, these incredible successes in faith, and these incredible embarrassments and failures. God promised Sarah and Abraham that he was going to give them a son, even though they were well past childbearing years, and Sarah laughs, like, right, God, uh-huh, sure. And then the son is given and born to them, and they rejoice, and they celebrate we saw Abraham, when they moved to a new place, give in to his fear and his insecurity. Rather than trusting God, he convinced Sarah to tell everybody that she was just his sister so that he could save his own life. Right? Only now in the story we read today does Abraham have the mature faith to rise to the test that's given to him during this story. Only at the end of the journey. But our temptation, I think, when we read a story like this in the Bible or these other stories that are these just amazing acts of faith, our temptation is to go, you know what, I'm never going to get there. And we just kind of check out or move on to the next story. And we just kind of go, well, that's why they're in the Bible. I mean, look at them. I'm, not, I'm just never going to get there. And I think it's partially because we, we try to say, basically, we've got to have that mature faith right now. 
And we've got to go in one leap from where I am to where they are. It's kind of like trying to run a marathon tomorrow. Right? Like if that was, if you were told you had to get up tomorrow and run a marathon, how well would that go? There might be one of us here that could actually successfully do that. But that's because you've been training. You've been working at it. You know, some of us are like, I can barely walk, let alone run. So I don't know that that will ever happen. But maybe it could. But it's not going to just happen tomorrow because we think it should happen tomorrow. It would require training and investment and intentionality one moment, one day at a time, building and building and building to the point that maybe one day we could run that marathon. But we look at a story like this and we determine that we have to run the marathon tomorrow without realizing that God grows faith in us. He matures our faith one moment at a time. See, and Abraham also shows us that faith doesn't just grow one moment at a time. Actually, mature faith is expressed and lived one moment at a time. And we saw it in the story because his mature faith is listening for the audibles of God every moment, isn't it? He could have easily just kind of sat back coming into this story going, okay, God, you made the promise. You gave the son, promise fulfilled. You told me I had to send away Ishmael. I did what you told me to do. Let the blessings flow. And he could have just sat back and expected it. But what we see in it is he is attentive. He's attuned. He takes a posture of one moment at a time faith. (laughs) And we see it because God has an audible, doesn't he? God says right at the beginning of the story, Abraham. And what was Abraham's response? Here I am. See, what's amazing is that Abraham knows God's voice, doesn't he? His response wasn't like, who is that? Wait, is that in my head? Who's talking? He knows immediately. It's the voice of God. Well, how has he learned the voice of God so that he could hear the audible of God? Well, it's because moment by moment by moment, he has spent the time and the years learning the voice of God. And if we want to also continue to mature into our faith and have a certainty, we too need to continue to learn the voice of God. How how can you do it? It's part of why we over over and over and over come back to, man, the Bible is God's gift for each and every one of us, not just for the weekend, but for everyday life. Because in the Bible, we have God's words spoken to you, to me. We get to, in it, see the character of God, the plans of God, the promises of God, the intent of God. You get to hear and learn God's voice and his tone through his word. And then you can respond to it. You can can pray. You can talk to him. And then you can listen back. You can take an openness and a posture of meditation to just allow him to continue to speak to you so that when he does speak in the moment, you can also know his voice and be ready to respond, here I am. What if we could all together learn to embrace a here I am posture of faith? And and here I am is not a a statement of physical location, is it? Right? God, God isn't like, hey, Abraham, where are you? Are you hiding behind that tree? Oh, yeah, God, here I am. Now, this is a question of availability, isn't it? It's a question of of posture, of heart and life. He's saying, he's calling out Abraham, and Abraham is saying, I'm here, here I am. 
God's saying, are you available to me or are you too busy? Is your schedule too full? Do you have too many thoughts going on in your head? Do you have too many plans, too much control, or are you available? Here I am. Here I am, God. I'm not living too much in the future. I'm not getting caught up in the anxiety and the fear of what's going to happen next. No, I'm not getting overwhelmed by the uncertainty. No, here I am. And I'm also not living in the past, God. I'm not dwelling on, on my failures of faith. I'm not constantly ruminating over my shame and my regret, the way I've hurt people, the old habits that I haven't been getting away from. Here I am. Did you know that here I am is the only place you can encounter God? You cannot encounter God in your past, and you cannot encounter God in your future. You can only encounter God in the here I am, right now, very present, moment by moment faith. That's where you can hear from God. That's where we can respond to God. Here I am. And so Abraham hears the audible. What I want you to do is I want you to go and I want you to to hike to to Moriah, to the mountain that I'll show you. And there, that's where I want you to sacrifice your son. Well, it was a three-day walk. Can you imagine that three-day walk? What that would have been like? But it doesn't seem like Abraham is worrying about how this is all going to work out. He's not worrying about what's going to happen when he gets there. He's just taking one moment by one moment, one step by one step of faith. Here I am. And they get to the base of the mountain. And Abraham says to his servants, all right, you all stay here with the donkeys. Isaac and I are going to go up. We're going to worship and we'll be back. And as they're climbing up, His son Isaac is kind of looking around going, hey, dad. Yes, my son. Well, I I see the wood because, you know, I'm carrying that part. And and I see the fire and the knife because you've got that part. but, But where's the lamb for the sacrifice? God's got it. We don't, we don't need to worry about how it's going to work out. The Lord will provide it. One moment by one moment, here I am. They get to the top of the mountain, and Abraham binds up his son, builds the altar, puts the wood on it, places his son on the altar, who doesn't seem to squirm. He's bought into the moment by moment, here I am. And Abraham raises the knife, prepared to sacrifice his son. Here I am. What audible might God have for you? What might might he be calling you into sacrifice? You know, I was joking a little bit earlier, but I really did study engineering. And I really did have a plan for my life. It was a good plan, too. I've got to tell you. I was going to get that engineering degree. I was going to start working for a company. They were going to pay me to work and for my MBA. And then I was just going to keep moving up the ranks. And I was going to do all the things, right? I had a plan. And it was good. And now I'm here. And it's better. Because God's audible is a better plan. 
What's the audible he might have for your life? And it might have to do with career or calling. It might have to do with relationships. It might have to do with something more subtle, more immediate. It might have to do with simply giving up the control that you're trying to grasp at over this situation or that situation to let it go. It doesn't have to be your way this time. It can go another way. Or maybe the audible is about shaking up your schedule because you already know it's too chaotic, too crowded, too packed, and you can't actually have the time and space to learn the voice of God to hear and respond. Or maybe he's going to really start meddling and he's going to get involved in your budget. And he's going to make you into the more generous person and that's terrifying because it means some real changes. Or maybe he's giving you the audible because there are so many people that need to be served with the love of God. So many students that are struggling with anxiety and wondering, is the world, is it going to work out for them? And they need adults who are going to be a steady and firm presence to love on them, to guide them, to point them to Jesus. We, We need certainly more people serving among our next generation of kids. Here I am. We had so many people stand up and say, here I am for our night to shine. Will we continue? Maybe the audible for you is, oh, it wasn't just about a night. Will you continue to show up? Here I am. Or maybe it's the here I am of the sacrifice and the risk involved of your reputation to point people in your life toward Jesus who don't know him, who aren't living for him. Maybe it's to invite someone to join you in worship. Maybe it's looking ahead because Easter is coming and there's a curiosity among those who don't follow Jesus about what Easter is. Because there's also a hunger, a longing, a desire for something more certain because what they're living in is the despair of uncertainty and they need to know the God who loves them, the God who has a plan for them. And you might be the one to invite them to take those steps, but there's a risk involved. Here I am. And isn't it a good thing that Abraham was living a moment-by-moment faith? Because there was one more audible, wasn't there? And a pretty crucial one. Because as he had the knife raised, prepared to follow through with the sacrifice that God had asked him to make, the voice of the angel of the Lord from heaven calls out, Stop! <laughs> Don't, don't touch him. Now I know that you fear me. Now that I know you love me. And by the way, now you know you love me more than anything else as well. Now you know that. And God said to him, there's ram in the bush. Get the ram. Sacrifice the ram instead of your son. So that God could still be worshipped. Abraham had no idea how it was all going to work out because there was this incredible promise God had made to bless the nations through this son Isaac and the audible demanded that God that he sacrifice his son and he didn't know how those were going to reconcile he didn't understand how it was going to be put together he just continued to show up moment by moment here I am and I have so much to learn because I want to know how it's going to work I want to know all the steps of the plan I want to know how it's going to lay out because I also want to be able to have the confidence that I can walk that road, that I have what it takes within me to be able to follow through on the plan. And God says, yeah, no. (laughs) Because if that's how it was, who would you really have faith in? Would you be trusting in you or trusting in me? 
after the sacrifice is made, God renews his promise that he had made to Abraham. You'll have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, and all of the nations, all the families, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through the offspring of your son Isaac. And so if we fast forward some years to the son of the son of the son and keep going of Isaac, there was another here I am moment that made that very promise come true. It was the moment we read about in our first reading this morning out of Matthew. It was the moment where the night before Jesus would be crucified, he goes to the garden of Gethsemane and he is living a moment-by-moment faith, a here-I-am kind of faith, pouring out his heart, pleading with the Father, if there is any other way for this people to be forgiven, if there is any other way for salvation to be achieved, if there's any other way that they could know, experience your love for them, and then respond by loving you back totally and completely, if there's any other way to do it, let's do that because I don't want to die. And here I am. Here I am if that's what it takes. Here I am if this is your will. See, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. And God the Father did sacrifice his son. He didn't ask Abraham to do anything that he didn't already know he was going to do himself. And Jesus went willingly as Isaac was bound willingly Here I am. And so this morning, I wonder if God has an audible for you also. Even if you have failed over and over and over again to hear the audibles in the past, to respond in faith, even if your life has been one mess and disaster to another, maybe he has a different audible for you today to say, stop, stop controlling, stop trying to be the one who has all the plans, who knows how it's all going to work out, and instead put your faith in the one who said, here I am, the son who said, here I am, Jesus, what he has accomplished for you so that you can receive his love, his power, his certainty, his assurance, so that you too can say, here I am. And walk the path of moment by moment, one moment at a time faith. Listening, hearing the audibles, and responding. So this is a path of certainty. When all else is uncertain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, even as we hear in this story things that are are profound and moving, Lord, we still see in it an incredible challenge. (laughs) And we're grateful that even though we have failed the challenge over and over again, we've failed the test. We have not put our trust fully in you. We have not loved you more than all things. That you have continued to be faithful and that your blessing is not contingent on our perfection, but your blessing has been given to us because of the faith of your son who said, here I am, to the point of death on a cross. May that reality, that love 
penetrate deeper and deeper into our soul, that we can, from that place of confidence, say, here I am. One moment at a time. Hearing from you and responding as you would lead us. Lord, here I am. Amen.